Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! Let's start with our World Series quick peek. Um, we'll do this probably a little bit again tomorrow. Tomorrow's, uh, you know, football, uh, essentially, of course, with uh, the college and the NFL. But, um, and the college this week is terrible. But let's start with, um, uh, with the baseball here. There's media day. And maybe we get Bruce Bochy today if we're lucky. Uh, but today, let's start with the, uh, and Lavello down the road. Who knows? Uh, I'm not sure where the Diamondbacks are with me right now. I don't have a sense of uh, where they are as far as their, uh, if they're not going to be helpful. I-, I can't answer that. But uh, that's not a that's neither here nor there. Uh, we'll spend some time on that when we get to Phoenix, and yes, we'll be there a good part of next week, and then maybe Dallas later on. But let's start with the baseball and the World Series. And I think, I, I you know, I I think this is going to be. I don't think America's going to care the first couple of days. So I mean, I don't think America's going to get that wrapped up that wrapped up in it. Obviously, Friday night, you know. You know, there's nothing on TV Friday night, so maybe there, uh, but still Friday night. And then, of course, Saturday gets a little swarmed by the college football. And they made a very good move a few years ago, getting off the Sunday scenario where they're not playing any more Sunday games, which is the right move. Uh, stay away from the NFL as much as you can. That means they do have a Monday night game, and they used to have Monday night off, but they have to deal with up against Monday night. But, you know, being up against one game on Monday night is better than being up against 10 games on Sunday. So the NFL takes the lesser of uh, a, a lesser of two evils and does the Monday game three and then of course beginning of next week I think once they get maybe a little past game three I think there'll be some drama in this World Series and I think there'll be some drama and I think people will pay attention a little bit and I understand it's Arizona and Texas I understand there's no East Coast I get that no California I get that two populated states the Dodger fan going to care about the Diamondbacks I mean really uh, is the Yankee fan going to care about the Rangers uh, how about with the Red Sox fan uh, Philadelphia is not going to watch they got the Eagles. So I understand. But I think if you get to middle of next week and you have a competitive series, which I think you will, I think you'll see a little bit more juice here than you think. Now, I might be just wishful thinking, but I do get a sense that you might get a little more energy as the series moves along with these two teams. First off, I mean, let's face it. These are the, this is the first time that this has happened where two teams down 3-2 played game six and seven on a road in the AL and NLCSs and won to get into the World Series. First time it's ever happened that Texas 3-2 down in Houston, Arizona 3-2 down in Philadelphia. So you got that going on here right now. Um, yeah, that's correct because in 3 the Red Sox almost did it but they lost game seven. Florida won two games in Chicago, but the Red Sox lost game seven. So just to get here for the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, it's something a little different. But more importantly, I think these are two flawed teams. And I think when you get two flawed teams, you have a tendency to maybe get uh, you know better ball games, crazier games. And remember, the 18 Red Sox were a great team. They carry, they buried the Dodgers. Not a lot of drama. Boston and L.A., for goodness sakes. The 98 Yankees, where they were a great team. Not a lot of drama. West Coast, East Coast, Yankees and the Padres, and they beat them in four straight games. Uh, this is a little different. Uh, the Rangers are not a, the Rangers are a flawed team. They don't have great starting pitching off the first two guys, Ovaldi and Montgomery. We all know about their bullpen, and you know, uh, do you really count on them? They've been very streaky all year long, and they have not played well against Arizona. So, I mean, they got some flaws on their team. Their 
bullpen's a mess. Uh, you know, they did a good job and they have a good offense. But, and, you know, listen, that, the two pitchers are good, but you get the idea. Arizona, they're flawed too. They don't score a ton of runs. They don't have a lot of offense. And the idea, of course, is Arizona's pitching and not even their first two starters. Arizona's pitching isn't very good. I mean, Gallon and Kelly. Kelly's been pretty good. Gallon's been terrible uh, recently. Their bullpen's good, but their starting pitching isn't great. And they don't score a ton. So that makes it interesting that there are flaws with both these teams, which you would think the opponent can take advantage of. Arizona take advantage of that awful uh, Texas bullpen and Texas take advantage of a very bad Arizona pitching staff. So I think you got that going on here too. That's the first thing. The second thing is 2-0 means nothing in this series. Arizona was down 2-0 to the Phillies, came back and won. Texas was up 2-0 against Houston with the two road games winning and they had to go to game six and seven before they won a series. So I don't think, although, you know, you like a split to keep it going, I think the idea that both were in two-hole scenarios in the uh, previous round in the best-of-seven championship series, and both, you know, one got out of it, and the other one almost blew it, and they're up 2-0. I think that adds to the drama here, too. So uh, I think Arizona believes there's no way Arizona's going to be intimidated by the Texas Rangers or their ballpark after they walked into Philly and beat the you know, the it quote-unquote team, the world thought the Phillies were the team to beat uh, after they had beaten Atlanta. Uh, nobody thought they were going to lose. So from that standpoint, what the Diamondbacks did in that ballpark in 6-7, and seven, holding Schwerber, Turner, and Harper to 1-for-20 with a million strikeouts, I mean, I, that doesn't give you confidence what does. Throw in the idea that both teams really were in a good rest scenario. You know, I thought that Texas might be a little spotty with a lot of rest going into the ALCS because they had beaten the Orioles on a Tuesday and game one of the Astros' American League Championship Series in Houston didn't begin until Sunday, so I thought maybe, you know what, they might, they might be a little off their gear a little bit, and they had played a lot of successive games because they went right from Seattle to Tampa with only one day off, and I thought maybe having all these days off would hurt them, and they didn't miss a beat. They won two straight games, uh, and Arizona has a perfect scenario. They win on Tuesday night uh, in uh, Philadelphia. They party all night. They fly to Texas the next day half in a bag, and they wake up Thursday morning, 25-year-old athlete you know, raring to go, work out today, another day off, and another night, and then, of course, they got the ball game tomorrow. So I think both teams will be in very good shape as far as not rested too much, which we've seen hurt ball clubs. Go ask the 06, um, uh, uh, go ask the 06 Tigers, who had eight days off before St. Louis, who have had to play seven games against the Mets, or go play or go ask the 07 Rockies, who swept Arizona in the NLCS four straight and then had to wait around the Red Sox are beating Colorado, and then they got murdered by the Red Sox in four straight games. And it's not too much, uh, you know, going right from one series to the other with drama. Like the Yankees had to deal with an 0-3 when they beat the uh, Red Sox. I'm sorry, they beat the yeah, they beat the Red Sox in Game Seven with the Boone home run, and then 36 hours later they got to play Game One of the World Series, and they lost to Miami and the Florida who beat them in six games. So I think the rest scenario is perfect for both these teams. So I think uh, based on that, based on momentum, based on, you know, both came 3-2 down and have some juice. Uh, both are not going to be blown away if they're down 2-0 in this series based on what happened in the previous round. And based on flawed teams, I mean, bad bullpen Texas, not great starting pitching Arizona, I think you got a chance here for some fun. I mean, listen, I, I'm, it's it's not Yankees-Dodgers 78. All right, I understand that. 
Uh, you know, it's not Red Sox Reds in 76, you know, with a man Hall of Famers. You know, Yaskrimski and Rice. Well, Rice was hurt in 75, I should say, not 76. Rice was hurt, so he had broken his wrist. But Yaskrimski and, you know, Rose, Morgan, Bench. I mean, I understand. Uh, Perez, it may not be on that level. That's the all-timer when, in seven games when, believe it or not, 75 million people watch game six. 75 million. Did you know that? It was during the week. 75 million Americans. 75 million. That's a Super Bowl number. 75 million. Watch that sixth game. That's the Fisk homer off the foul pole at 7-6 Boston to force a game seven. That's how big base. Now, baseball was slumping at the time, television-wise, Monday Night Football and everything else. But they had three rainouts before that game, uh, number six. It was a night game. Reds were up 3-2. Crazy game. Bernie Carbo, Bernie Carbo hit a homer in the eighth inning to tie it at 6-6. Hit a three-run homer. Plays all over the place in the extra frames. And then Fisk hit the bomb off Pat Darcy. 75 million Americans watched that game, which is really hard to believe when you think about it. It's not that long. I mean, it's 50 years, 48 years. But I remember it. I saw the whole game. I was uh, 16, 17 years of age. I remember that game like it was yesterday. First pitch, last pitch, where I was, how I saw it, where I was at midnight when it was at Dallas School in Lebanon, New York. Brethren's, brethren's uh, uh, the, the brethren's house, uh, the brethren's dorm. I can tell you, you know, downstairs with Freddie Lifus. I mean, I can tell you exactly where I was that day uh, when uh, Fisk hit the homer. I mean, and 75 million of us were watching that game. So, uh, and I was at Red Sox Reds. Now, it's not going to be like that. Don't get me wrong. That's an all-timer, right? I don't even think it's going to be like Braves-Twins in 91, which also, by the way, did well. You know the Braves-Twins series in 91? I believe in that seven-game series, the average attendance, uh, the average rating was $25 million a game. I'd have to double-check that, but I think that's accurate. Now, they had a classic game seven with the one nothing Smoltz and Morris. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, and then game six was good, too, when Puckett hit the three-run homer off Lebrand to win it in the extra innings. 14th inning, I think it was. Uh, and that was a great, great, that was a good series. That was a hell of a series. Hell of a series. You know, every, every home team won a game. Great, great series. But uh, and I be- CBS had it at McDonough. I believe 25 million was the average rating for that, I think. Now, that's not that long ago either. I was doing Mike and the Mad Dog at the time. That's not that long ago. I was in New York. And Game 7 uh, what killed the Sunday night game, whatever it was. Killed it. Killed it. And maybe uh, Redskins against somebody. Uh, it wasn't Redskins-Giants in 86. It was somebody. Killed it. Destroyed the game. I mean, no, that would never happen today. And that's, not, that's 30 years ago. But I, I do think this series, if they can get themselves into middle of next week, with some drama, with a little water cooler talk, maybe 2-2, maybe a great game four, a 2-1 Texas, you know, something like that, or, or game three, and you get to Tuesday night. If they can do that, they might have a little drama here. Listen, you know, it's never going to beat football. Uh, it's not going to beat, in a lot of markets, college football. Uh, I understand that. But if you look at that college football uh, schedule this week, and you tell me what game you want to watch. What, Pitt, Notre Dame? You go tell me what game that's got to be on your menu. Georgia, Florida, really? And I covered that game a thousand years in a row, too. Are you into that game? I mean, what game are you wrapped up in the scene this weekend in the college world? I mean, uh, I don't even know what the night game is, but it's not good. Go ahead. You at seven thirty. I mean, does does Herb Street and Fowler have a place to go this weekend? And the NFL is the NFL, but the Sunday night. But again, the Sunday night doesn't really affect the baseball because they're not they're not playing Sunday night.
You can have good weather. You don't have the problem with rainouts. I mean, maybe roofs are open. Interesting ballparks, especially the one in Globe Field there in Texas. Maybe we'll have a little fun. And, you know, I'm not picking Arizona. That I can promise you. I'm going Boach. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.